Welcome everyone to the Arsaholics podcast. Thanks for joining us again. We're recording on the day after um, an amazing game with so much to talk about uh, against Man City at home on New Year's Day. Uh, with me, I've got Aaron in and I've got Mai's back as well. So uh, welcome, guys. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good, good. All right, mate. New Year to you and all. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year, guys. Well, I saw Raj yesterday, but yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> And happy new year, everyone listening as well. And you know what a what a game to start off the new year, guys, wasn't it? Like I think it was it was a really interesting mentality that I think we all had when we talked when we did our last pod and we did the review of 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 the kind of previous period of games. It it was a game when we looked at and thought, oh, do you know what? We've got some points on the board. We're probably going to lose. It would be nice not to lose, and we had some expectations. But did did either of you guys think? that the game was going to pan out in the way that it did. Did you have any idea that it was going to go that way? No, no, not at all. Although I did predict a 2-1 loss. <laughs> yeah, that's true, <laughs> um, I did. I had no, uh, like, I would have given, like, I wouldn't have put any money on us losing in this this way. And me feeling, like, I'd, I'd love to hear how you guys felt after the game, but, like, how I felt, I felt very, like, frustrated. Um I just expected a, you know, a, almost like a routine loss, if I put it that way. Yeah. Um, but this was this was far from it, as I'm sure we'll discuss. Yeah, absolutely. And just in case you've been living under a rock, obviously Arsenal, um, we sadly lost. We sadly lost 2-1. Um, it was a game that we went ahead in. Um and we're going to it'll be really interesting to 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 chat about that first half and and everything around that goal and then the second half my god was just just I mean I don't know what didn't happen in the second half is probably a better way of uh, of putting it um but ultimately Arsenal rocked up without Mikel Arteta Mikel Arteta had had covid sadly and um Prince Albert the assistant manager took over <laughs> um airport albert whatever you want to call him these days uh and uh the good news was when we got the lineups out uh tommy yasu is back in the team and i think that was a you know a huge huge boost for us but essentially the team on paper we had um ramsdale we had tierney gabriel white tommy yasu we had jacka and and Partey in the middle we had odegaard flanked by um saka and and martinelli and lacazette up front playing this kind of Firmino false nine sort of role that he's been doing ESR again on the bench so you know guys when the, the when the lineups came out and and you saw that Tommy Asu was back in the team and 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 ESR was still on the bench just give me some initial thoughts of of uh you know how you felt about that Mice. yeah I mean like you said Tommy Asu um he's been exceptional so far this season um and we really do I guess we haven't really had to notice it too much because he was only out for a game or two, I believe. I can't remember now. But, um, you know, you, I, I can imagine that if he's out for an extended period of time, um, we will notice it because the next option at right back is definitely a, a drop down in quality. So, yeah, massive to have him back. Um, overall, I'm, I was pretty happy with the lineup and happy, um, you know, it, it's almost, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. Things are working well. The front floor for clicking. Um goals are coming from sort of everywhere in that front four. Um, so more than happy to, to sort of for, for ESR to ha- to, to ha- play that role of having a potential impact off the bench. Obviously it didn't happen um, in the way we would have wanted to, wanted it to yesterday, but um, yeah, yeah, no team lineup was, was more than happy. I just, I, I, I mean, I know we're going to get into it. I just thought just worth touching on one thing, Raj, we noticed as we were kind of 
just before the game, we were walking um, up to the ground and it was, it was eerily quiet. Mm. We both picked up on it. It was eerily quiet, not just in terms of noise, uh, but also in terms of numbers. And, and, and we know that it was obviously it was New Year's Day. It was the worst, worst possible kickoff time, right? Um, so that's obviously going to have a part to play as well as um, the COVID factor. But even so, you know, even so, it's still a big game. And, and uh, I was a little bit worried um, walking, in, walking up to the ground and kind of going to our seat because there was, there was very little singing, uh, very little noise. And I was thinking, oh, God, is everyone kind of, as you said at the start, are we all expecting just to turn up and get thrashed as we normally have been or have been recently against City? Um, but yeah, pleasantly surprised, obviously. With that. How much of that? So I, like, I think, so I didn't go. And I think this, is, this would be quite interesting to compare our experiences because I watched on TV um, and you guys were in the game. But how much of that do you think is just down to the early kickoff itself? Because usually I hate going to early kickoffs because I think the atmosphere is so flat. Mainly because people haven't had a chance to, you know, have a few drinks beforehand. Yeah, but it's also, by the way, just so everyone gets the background, Aaron and actually didn't realise the game was in London and went to Manchester instead. <laughs> so Aaron was in yeah. Manchester. I just got, I just got lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I, I, to be honest, I've completely forgot what your question was because I was just teeing up for that. <laughs> That's it. I, I was going to ask, like, how much of that is just down to early kickoff and, um, yeah, the fact that it was New Year's Day. Or do you genuinely think people had almost not given us a chance before the game because they were like, "This is this game is a write-off"? Because I, I, to be fair, I, I did think it was a write-off. I thought there is no way we're getting anything from this. City have won ten, ten in a row, I think, going into the game, and um, I wasn't, I wasn't optimistic. But um, that, that, to clarify, that's not why I didn't go. <laughs> um, do you think it was just that, or like generally early kickoffs are a bit flat, right? No, so this is the thing, this is the really, really, really interesting thing, was that you are completely right with how those two things should link, like the quietness outside the stadium, the quietness building up to the game, and maybe a sort of flattish kind of early atmosphere. But that actually wasn't the case. Those two things didn't end up being connected. It was really eerie that when we were, like Mize was saying, going to the stadium, there just didn't seem to be that many people around. It was almost like, it was almost like have we got here an hour early? It felt it felt like we were there an hour early by accident, and then we sort of walked up, and then and then the queues were there, and the queues were legitimately yeah. there. Okay, so that's fine. Um, and um, but, but when we actually got in the stadium, and when we got in our seats, well, there was just it, it just felt like it was a normal big game atmosphere. Actually, like the crowd was really really good. So so maybe it was just that you know people hadn't been getting tanked up before the game because it was a bit of an early kickoff. I think there was also a little bit of people perhaps getting there a little bit earlier because of um, you know all the new COVID stuff. And we say new COVID mm. stuff, but it's kind of a reinforced um, COVID uh, protocol, I suppose. And actually, for the first time ever. They actually did check our COVID passports. Yeah. So, um, oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually had to show our COVID oh, passports. Say, you say they checked it, mate, but I mean, it's pretty poor, isn't it? Because you could literally <laughs> yeah. show a picture of any QR code with NHS written at the top, and they didn't yeah. check it, check it. They just checked. It doesn't, it just shows a QR code with NHS pass on it. So, yeah. But yeah, technically, yeah. they've checked something. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, and, uh, but yeah, but you know, once we were in, it was fine. And, and I think, um, but but some of it might have also been like you like you said, Aaron, and like uh, about initially people not having a great amount of expectation, and and Mize 
you know, we were talking in the coffee shop before the game, right? About uh, we were sort of saying, it's just like, as long as we can get through the first ten minutes without a goal, yeah. without conceding a goal, at least make it a game. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, and I guess, like you said, City, or I think uh, Aaron, you said, you know, City coming into the game winning ten on the bounce, you know, ten league games on the bounce, um, uh, and I think they'd conceded six goals in that or something ridiculous you know and they're smashing goals in for fun in the last couple of weeks you kind of got to expect the worst and we were just saying yeah look, look, hopefully we keep it tight we play smart um stick to a structure and keep ourselves like basically we don't want to be out of the game in the first 10 20 30 minutes and and, and obviously we did that i mean funnily enough i actually predicted um a 3-3 draw um because i kind of thought it was going to be um a, a game where city were going to turn up they didn't necessarily they didn't have to come and win so they might just come um kind of open up quite a lot um and i just thought both teams are scoring a lot of goals at the moment i, I felt like it could be that kind of game um so i was i was I kind of came into it, not really, I mean, it was it was more hopefulness, hoping for a draw, but, you know, kind of expecting a good performance from Arsenal, um, but also a good performance from City. And I just thought it would be a cracking game. But yeah, um, I mean, should we talk about, do you want to talk about like the first half then? I think so, mate, because the, I think one of the things that did lift the crowd was the fact that in not only in those first 10 minutes did we not concede, um, in that first 10 minutes, there became this surprising vigor and surprising confidence and surprising just let's just go with dominance to be honest of of how we started playing actually city did have a lot of possession at the beginning but but what became quite interesting was we didn't seem to have a problem with it we didn't seem to have a problem kind of even when we were out of position possession controlling the game and it became it just it ended up growing into this first half where all of a sudden it felt like we were man city and they were arsenal um it was, you know, I've seen teams play City before and and do quite well against City. Uh, but those teams have usually had their own identity and their own style. Liverpool play a very different way to City. And when Liverpool have gone toe-to-toe, they're playing it in a different way. When Chelsea beat them in the Champions League final, they have different styles. Our style is very similar. What Arteta is trying to do is quite similar to, to how City play. And it just, it felt like this really weird out-Citying City. And it felt like the whole crowd just got behind it instantly didn't they i mean did that is that how it came across on tv Aaron? yeah yeah i thought we were incredibly dominant i was i was actually very very surprised at how dominant we were and the i think the thing i appreciated from watching on tv was actually like how good the football was how good the passing was because where we sit in in the north bank i mean i'm not saying you can't watch the game but you can you see the kind of passing triangles a bit less because you're, you know, we sit behind the goal. But I think the thing I appreciated was just how good Jacker and Thomas Partey were in that first half. And they were just so dominant. And the football was, the football was really good. <laughs> and I think we, there were times where we pressed them really high and we won the ball. We, we, you know, we were, we played aggressively, but we played confidently and we actually asserted ourselves on the game and we looked like a team that that wasn't afraid of Manchester City and that we were we were there, we were gonna have a go. And, you know, if we lost them, you know, they outscored us fine, but we weren't gonna hide from the opposition. And I, I think yeah, I think for you know, once the fans realized <laughs> what was going on. And I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys felt in the ground, but it just sounded like once everyone clocked that this is, yeah, there's actually some something potentially quite special going on here. Um, 
you could see that radiate in the ground and then you know that lifted the players and it you know just continued to to go through and then when we scored obviously um it just the place just erupted at yeah. least that's what it sounded like on tv <laughs> i think that certainly it was how it felt i think that what became very it felt like the fans all decided very quickly that uh the team were going to need us as well and and the team needed to know that they were doing a bloody good job it felt like it was that kind of thing where everyone was like oh my god you guys are awesome like and and everyone was you know really it was such a such a great atmosphere for that time of day and you know an early kickoff it was it was almost brilliant and it felt like the the, the team fed off that it felt city were a bit shell-shocked that it felt at times i know uh, there's a lot that's been made out uh also you know about the fact that city had less rest than we did that is true and I'm sure that does have a factor, but you're not going to feel sorry for City when you've got people like Jack Grealish and, and whoever, you know, 50, 60, 70 million pound players on the bench. At the end of the day, they've got a squad that's designed to do to deal with this. Um, mm. and, 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 they, and they couldn't cope. And I think, you know, there was the penalty shout, which is from the other end to, to where, you know, we sit. And it was hard for us to, you know, ascertain whether that was a penalty or not. Uh, but I, I think there was the danger that, you know, when that didn't get given with the fans kind of go, Oh God, that was the, it's not going to go, you know, go for us today, but the players just carried on and, 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 you know, and, and, and the fans kind of went with them. But I mean, do you guys want to talk about that penalty incident a little bit? Because, you know, I think Aaron and you probably had a, we, although we couldn't see it at the beginning, you probably did. Yeah, I was going to ask actually. So when I saw it, I think my view on this penalty is that I could see why it wasn't given in real time. Because the way Edison comes at Odegaard, he almost, the way he pushes the ball, it looks like he gets the ball because the ball moves in the natural direction at which you'd expect if Edison got the ball. Um, so I have no issue with the referee not giving it initially because it looked, you know, you, when you see it once, it's fine. But then I think when you see the replay, um, personally, I think it was very, very clear that he took the man. Um, now people have said that they only got a certain replay at half time, but personally from the VAR replays that I saw, it was very, very clear to me that that was a penalty. Um, and for whatever reason, it, it wasn't given. Um, now oh, I'm sure we'll talk about this. You could argue that there's this whole debate over clear and obvious and what that means. And was it enough to overturn, uh, a decision? But I think, you have to look at that in context of what happened later on. But I think for me, it was a 100% clear penalty when you see it with VR. Did, did you guys, obviously, you don't get a replay in the ground, I assume. No. That one. Did they not um, Did they not show it? They did, didn't they? After that. I think, I think, they, I think showed they showed a replay of the Jacker. There was a Jacker thing. Do you remember? Yeah. Like They showed Which, the replay of the Jacker one that was given, but they didn't show a replay of this that wasn't oh, given. Not? Okay. I can't remember now. Okay. So uh, when you guys, obviously, you, you saw the replay, it was obviously at the other end. You obviously can't tell yeah what was the feeling in the ground well i think after the after that well what the thing is with the first one and my like because it, it was something happened around that which made me think oh I, you know what this probably was a penalty and that was actually just the arsenal players reacting mm. you know incredibly passionately demanding the penalty which is something we've always complained arsenal don't do enough um and it felt like they were like they were convinced that it was and um and, you know, purely based on that and purely based on the fact that it said, you know, VAR checking for possible penalty, I think everyone was quite optimistic. I think we were quite optimistic it was going to get given. Um, but obviously then then it, it, it wasn't. And then it's hard when you're in the stadium, you know, you don't really know 
there's not really much else because if they're not going to show the replay, you can't really react to it. But I think, you know, just to, to, to go on what you're saying, Aaron, and the, you know, I'm looking at the replays now. Um, and again, like, you know, this, this has been talked to death and, you know, we, we, we don't necessarily have to spend hours talking about these penalty decisions. But um, it, I'd be just really intrigued to know uh, what the, what the, what the, whoever it is sitting in Stockley Park, whoever it is, what they thought the referee did see and therefore why they thought the referee didn't have to look at it again because there was enough yeah. there to, there was enough there to suggest that well there was no camera angle that that clearly showed him touching the ball but there were probably debatable elements around oh, who stepped on whose foot was the ball going to go out of play anyway all that kind of stuff and it's mm. just difficult because you, you're not going to know we don't we don't know the answers we don't know we don't know what the referee did see and what he didn't see and what the, you know, the, 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 the guys in the VAR room thought the referee saw and therefore why they deemed it not clear and obvious or whether they thought it was a penalty at all. Do you know what I mean? Um, that was, that's what makes it pretty difficult. Yeah. Myers, what, what did you think when you, when you uh, not much to add really? I mean, yeah, in terms of what I thought, I mean, because of where we sit and when there's an incident like that down the other end, you automatically look at the new, your, your first, the first thing you see is the reaction of the clock end, the fans in the clock end. Yeah, yeah. And obviously everyone, you know, it was right in front of them. It was practically on the goal line. So everyone, you know, everyone in the, uh, at that part of the stadium, um, you know, appealing for it, arms up in the air. Um, and you do, you know, it, it was one of those where you just, we just don't know from where we're sitting. Right. Um, but you, you were optimistic and hopeful once it goes to VAR that the referee's then going to go and look at it, basically what he did for the city penalty. And obviously that, that just didn't happen. And that's, as everyone has said, you know, in the post-match analysis mm-hmm. across media, et cetera, you know, that's the frustrating thing. It's just the inconsistency. But yeah, I mean, look, when you're in the stadium, I, I, I thought there was a replay of it. So obviously I'm getting confused with the, with the, the city penalty. Um, I thought there was a, there was one replay of it on the big screens, but I guess not. Um, but but yeah, like I said, it's the inconsistency that's the really frustrating thing, um, as everyone has said, as every Arsenal fan has said. Um, and it's not the first time, right? It's not the first time that we've seemed to have been very much screwed over by VAR. And like you said, Raj, you don't want to turn it into a uh, spending hours and hours sort of complaining about referees and officiating and, and all of that. But there's been a number of incidents this season um, that you just you just scratch your head and you don't really understand what the thought process is and how they're coming to these decisions. But it is what it is. And it wasn't something on Match of the Day, for example, you know, for anyone watching in the UK, we have Match of the Day as our highlight show. And Match of the Day really, really did not, I think, do justice to how the kind of pervasive um, way the decisions were going mm. during the game were. Like, but that was, you had to be there, it felt like, or you had to be watching the full 90 minutes. That was really obvious with the way BT were going on about it. And I actually think they probably overdid it a tiny bit where they, pretty much that second half, they just... Yeah, they made VAR the story. And when you're watching as a fan, obviously the commentary kind of influence your you know, how you feel about the game, right? So naturally, I think any Arsenal fan that was watching live on BT, you know, finished that match and the story was just anger at the referee. And I think some of that is it was a bit over the top. And you probably didn't see that on the ground because you were there and, you know, obviously there was anger, but I think BT, you know, the post match analysis, all they did was talk about VAR and like the state of refereeing in the country. And I think it was amplified a lot by watching the game on BT and, you know, the words, the commentary used, but um, yeah, it was, in my opinion, like, I think long story short, I think the ref got that, the VAR got that one wrong. 
Yeah, and I think like it'd be worth a bit later to touch on kind of just, I guess, the overall performance of the referees and, and how the crowd reacted to it, because, Myers, I thought that was very interesting. But um, just to finish off the sort of first half, it was, that, you know, that that the the penalty that didn't go away did not stop the domination of Arsenal during the first half, and they just went from strength to strength, it felt. Um, I don't want to talk about the specifics of Saka's goal so much, but can we talk about Saka and Martinelli for a bit, in, particularly in that first half? Where look, this is not an ordinary opponent. This is no, this is not Burnley. This is not Southampton. This is not even you know Everton, Chelsea to a certain degree. This is Man City, who at the moment are running away with this league title. Okay, and Saka and Martinelli for me were were causing them all kinds of havoc, all kinds of problems, consistently. In 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 a way that I've very very rarely seen from anyone at Arsenal for many years, I've very very rarely seen people do that to very very good teams, you know. And Myers, I mean, tell me, what, what do you echo those thoughts? I mean, what, what what how did you how did you see it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the last few since Martelli has come into the team, I mean, I specifically want to talk about him because I thought, despite the chances that he missed. Um, especially the one in the second half, obviously. Um, overall, you know, his game, his his performance was fantastic. And he seems to be, every time we watch him, every time he plays and he's starting a game, he seems to be almost improving every single game. And he's just this, he's just like, he's just this player who, you know, he gets the crowd excited every time he's on the ball. Um, you know, he's only looking forward, willing to take people on. He's now, he's, he, he seems to have like gone up in, in in terms of pace as well, where he's burning past players. Like I think it was yesterday, it was Can- Cancelo who he just burned past when he um, when he went on that run, when he picked up the ball deep in our in our own half uh, and almost scored from that. And I think, you know, when you when you now look at the sort of front line of, like you said, Saka, um, Marcelli, these two, these two really, really young, exciting, not just prospects now, but just exciting players who, um, have got so much talent, so much ability, so much skill, um, and they're just at the start of their their careers, essentially, pretty much. Um, and then you add to the mix the other the other young ones coming through, and you know Smith Rowe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's it's it's. I mean, yeah, like you said, this was against one of the best the best team in the league, the best probably the best defense in the league, a team that don't really concede too many goals. Um, probably that Leicester game uh, last week being a, an, an anomaly. Um, and yeah, we the, those two players, but pretty much everyone, you know, the whole the whole team really stepped up. But especially those two players really, really shone and and took it to them, and um, like seriously, seriously impressed. I mean, the only thing I'd say about Martinelli, which I think will come, and it's not a criticism or anything. I think it's just, and we talked about it. I think after the game is, you know, about his finishing can be a little bit erratic at times. I don't know if erratic's the right word, but... It's not consistent, it feels. It's not consistent. Like, I, and, and even, I would also add, like, sometimes his decision-making. Um, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I think there was one yesterday, I can't remember which chance it was in the first half, where I think Saka's in the middle and he could square it. I mean, you un- you completely understand why he shoots. And I think Edison saves it. I think he hits it straight at Edison. And to be fair, as a striker looking for goals, you can't knock him for that. But at the same time, Again, it comes with experience, with matches, with playing together more, all of these things. Um, there was an opportunity for him to just roll the ball across um, to Saka in the middle and he's probably probably a tapping if the ball's right. So all of these things, you know, um, will come in time. But like just from pure kind of excitement and watching these guys, like you've actually got players now that when we 
when we go to watch Arsenal, we put the, put them on the TV. They are genuinely, you know, um, genuinely exciting players to watch, and it must be quite must be quite kind of frightening. Oh, maybe not frightening, but you know, if you're an opposition defender, like we were making Cancelo, he was making Cancelo yesterday look like a very very average right back, and he's not a very very average right back. As good as he is going forward, he's he's still pretty good um, defensively as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, like I just hope that the the kind of progression continues and obviously we know Martin has had injury problems so hopefully he just keeps himself fit and kind of keeps keeps going really because um yeah fantastic yesterday Aaron and like I mean anything to add because when again from from when we're when Miles and I are watching you know when we are in that north bank lower and obviously Martinelli there was twice in that half at least where he made these these incredible runs from fairly mm. fairly deep taking on a number of people and thinking, well, he can't go any further, can he? He can't go any further. It, it was quite hard, I think, in real life to appreciate how, one, the pace of what he was doing, but also some of the intricacy, because I did see that on the highlights. I mean, did, did it come when you were watching the match live at that point? Did you Was there anything that surprised you? Was it, or was this what you've come to expect from the kid? No, I think I think it was, yeah, there, was, there were those like two or three chances. One way he had a, like an unbelievable Maisie run where he, managed to you know i think ramsdale laid it off to him perfectly and then he beat a couple of their defenders and then just you know shot wide when he cut into the box um but it was you know both him and saka i think what really impressed me was you know we were getting the ball to them really quickly and it was so direct in terms of the passing i think you have to give the you know the whole team credit, but mm. you know almost those the two midfielders in Jack and Partey, I thought they were really good, and I thought Erdegaard and Lacazette when they both dropped deep, it just meant they they provided the perfect passes to the two wide players, and then it was almost like just go and do your thing, and then we will try and get in the box, and it was just it was working so effectively, and I think what surprised me was how consistently we were doing it, and then we did it once, and then we did it again, and then we just kept winning the ball back wherever, whether it was deep, whether it was from the press, getting it to the midfield, the midfield would pass it out and they would just go and do their thing. And then we would, you know, we would start to dominate. And yeah, Cancelo was terrified. Nathan Ake was just, you know, he looked like at one point he was going to cry. And um, and he was, was arguably one of their better defenders on the day, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And it was just phenomenal to see how these two kids were, I don't want to use the word, yeah, they were, like, they were terrorizing the City defense for, you know, almost a, a whole half. And, you know, we scored the goal, which was, was brilliant. But, you know, at half time, my, my biggest frustration was, you know, why haven't we scored more? Because I was like, are we really going to be this good again? Yeah. And are City going to change it, turn up, like turn up in the second half? And I couldn't work out, was this, like, are we actually being this good? Or like a City, you know, just not playing? But, I, you know, I watched it again. I think we were just really dominant for our for 45 minutes against the city team who i think were were trying hard but just couldn't match us Miles, did you find it interesting that we were able to put in that kind of first half performance without arteta on the touchline given how much he tends to micromanage on the touchline anyway um i wouldn't say i was surprised i thought it's a nice it's a, you know the fact that we we were able to do what we did against the best team in the league for 45 minutes without our manager on the touchline is a really, really encouraging thing. I wouldn't say I was necessarily surprised because I guess, um, I guess, this day and age, um, although he's not there in person, 
everything in terms of preparation leading up to the match and even mm-hmm. probably pre-match talk, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's probably there or it's the, the message has been passed on. You know, it's all in real time in terms of the instructions from him to the assistants to, to Albert or, or, you know, however it works. So, no, not necessarily surprised. Um, but, yeah, like I said, just just very, very encouraging. And, um, you know, hopefully it's only the one game that he's at. He's not he's not going to be there for the, the City game. But, um, but, but yeah, I can't. I mean, in terms of that overall first half performance, there's probably not much more not much more I can I can add really um and and I think the other thing we we talked about this as well Raj I think at half time you know how is it a case of Arsenal have just been fantastic and just nullified City or um have City kind of turned up and maybe expected a bit of an easier game or, or just, are just not on it today um and it's it's quite hard to assess that but I think I, th- I do think that if you even if you look at the whole 90 minutes Ramsdale had very, very little to do. Mm. And I think that is testament to how good Party and Xhaka were. I think that's very, I think that's testament to how good the, the setup was when we didn't have the ball. Because obviously, once we went 1 0 up, City had most of the ball. And I think the game, the match ended with like City having 70 odd percent possession. So, you, you, you know, when you go 1 0 down to City, you're going to have to expect, you should expect a bit of an onslaught. And I was expecting us to get peppered in that second half. And that didn't really happen. Even after we went down to 10 men, even after we went down to 10 men, I know we're kind of crossing over to the second half now, but, you know, it didn't really happen. So I think Arsenal were very good with the ball and they were, again, very good without the ball. And I think this is, this is a trend that we're now seeing in yeah. the last few months that all of, the, the, all, all of these aspects of our setup and our performances not just the the setup but the the implementation of of the the plan um and on the back of that the performances are definitely improving um so yeah yeah <laughs> just just very very happy it from that definitely seems like something has clicked in the last four or five games um i said this in the last episode where you know for the last you know every time we win we're like oh it was only norwich it's only southampton but we've gone and done it against West Ham we've gone and done it against City now we can't say it's only Man City they're tired like at some point we have to yeah I think we're almost a bit scared to admit that actually we're playing well and something has changed and things are are looking good and we should give the team a lot of credit for that because if they can do this consistently and they've shown over the last four or five games they can do this consistently we have a a lot to be excited about and I think you know, I think it's this classic Arsenal fan thing of, oh, look, let's let's try and like lower the expectations a bit because we don't want to get excited. Because let's be honest, we've been excited before and been let down mm. numerous times over the last ten years about this being something like a new like a new dawn. But I don't know. This definitely seems different, mm. and I don't I ever remember a team like that taking it to a big team and playing in that way that we did. And I, and I was I was shocked, <laughs> and yeah, um, which 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 makes the result almost even more frustrating. But genuinely, <laughs> I thought we we deserve so much credit for how we played, and, and fair play to Arteta, fair play to the players for just executing a plan really well and delivering on it. Yeah, and it's, it you, it was devastating to think that we could come away from a performance like that and not actually have anything to show for it. And much of that yeah. was because of this second half, which was just, uh, you know, littered with incidents and, and unfortunately, you know, ending up sending us down to 10 men. But before we went down to 10 men, um, you know, at the beginning of the second half, 
thought we we continued where we left off. There was nothing to indicate that we were taking the foot off the gas. It was it was fine. Um, and then City get a penalty. Uh, it's not given on the pitch. Uh, the ref doesn't think it's a penalty. The linesman doesn't think it's a penalty. But then uh, the, the the VAR room tell the referee to go look at it. When the referee goes to look at it, I think you know everyone in the stadium really felt at that point that given the referee's gone to walk over, there's got to be something that um, you know this is different from the one before that wasn't overturned, right? Um, that wasn't given. So, uh, and then it is given. And what was a surprise, um, and I think it was only after the penalty was scored, actually, was it was shown on the screen. And they showed it on the screen. And do you remember, like, the reaction from the stadium? I think I think it's very rare that, because especially because it was Granite Xhaka involved. But it's, sometimes it'd just be easy for the stadium to go like, oh, for God's sake, Granite Xhaka, whatever. But I think everyone saw it. And it was very, it felt very easy to see at that time that Bernardo Silva's falling down anyway. And it, that's what it looked like to the screen. And the reaction... That, that reaction was very audible on tv yeah as well yeah. um it just seemed like i think i don't know if they timed the replays on tv as they time it on the big screen but all of a sudden they're showing a replay and you just hear like this loud uh shouting from the crowd and i thought oh someone like two-footed someone <laughs> but it turns out they just um they just showed a replay that replay and then it just sounded like everything from that moment like like a match was lit in the stadium yes and um yeah, it just like everyone just seemed. It sounded very, very angry in the ground. Well, because I don't know if the, that, well, that's what actually happened, or well, or what? Well, because and and my is like yeah, it because it's exactly like you talk about the match being lit. Because what happened was after that incident, there was all of a sudden just this series of small incidents, yeah. which every single one of them seemed like they were going against Arsenal. And then it really the the crowd. I mean, like. I mean, my, so that, that, you know, the crowd really that it just felt like everyone came together and was just like, "Hang yeah, on, yeah. we're getting screwed over." Yeah, yeah, and it, and it was. I guess it was a bit of a build up throughout the whole game where the ref had what I like to call a bit of a Mike Dean performance, where he wanted to make it all about himself, and there did seem to be some really, um, I don't want to say dodgy calls, but just it seemed it did seem like everything was or decisions were going against us, like the small fouls and the the, the sort of the, the the tactical fouling that that City were 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 doing, um, and it kind of culminated at that point, I think, and the replay probably didn't help, but it kind of did, as you said, where the fan base, the fans in the stadium, did kind of come together, and it was kind of full support, not just for the team, but against the ref and against City as well. Um, what was your what was your view in the penalty? I think I mean when I I think to be honest I think it's I think it's a penalty I think it is the right decision because I think if if you're if you're if you're the ref watching that back and you see Xhaka pull his shirt the way he did uh, the way he does I don't think it gives you much option even if Bernardo Silva is already going down because there's sort of two phases to the foul there's the the, the brilliant skill by Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, where he cuts onto his uh, the other side, and we know with Granite Xhaka, he's not the fastest, he's not the quickest on the turn, and mm. to say the least, and he's basically done. And I'm not saying Xhaka necessarily sticks out a leg, but there's contact there. And again, it's probably quite smart play by Bernardo Silva, where he's probably kind of left a bit of a leg in there to make sure there is some contact, which helps him yeah. make the decision to go down. But then once he's going down, then Xhaka's pulling the shirt. I mean. Um, there was there was a theory on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I, I can't remember who tweeted it. But um, that basically Xhaka's only pulling Bernardo Silva's shirt 
as he's going down to try and stop him from falling over. Yeah, Which I saw that. Sounds a bit, yeah, like it sounds a bit ridiculous. I mean, and when you watch it back and then you keep that in your mind, it's almost like maybe he can't, I don't know, maybe that's why. Because, I mean, it's crazy to think why, I mean, look, we've had this from Jacker before, right? And I'm not criticizing him too much because he had a really, really good game. And it's just really unfortunate it was him and all of that. But um, I think it is a bit of a crazy decision to pull, like, you take the risk pulling anyone's shirt in the box, right? Like any time from a corner, from a set piece or whatever, when you've just been done by a bit of skill and the player's away and he's probably, he's probably not even through on goal, which is really frustrating because you see Gabriel coming over. So he's, we've got like mm. a second player covering. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure what went through his head, but it's a bit of a moment of madness, a bit like the Erdegaard one against United where we give the penalty away, um, where they, they go and win the game. Like, um, yeah, but I think overall, like I think I think it's the right decision in the end. But it was quite it was quite interesting. The referee's um, reaction to the to to Silver going down was like it was no. very much it was no penalty. It was like get up, yeah. you know. It was very animated. It was like get up, like so he was convinced that it wasn't a penalty at the time. But that's why, yeah. my, that, that that's why because of what you just said. That's why I I don't think it was the right decision in the end because ultimately, like you say, when if you if someone's if you're going to pull on the someone's shirt in the penalty area, you always run the risk of conceding a penalty and. And unfortunately, if you pull someone's if you pull someone's shirt and you give the penalty and the referee gives the penalty, then VAR isn't going to look at it and say, mate, you've made a clear and obvious error. It won't do that because it says, okay, you saw him pull a shirt. But but he didn't give the penalty. So he didn't give the penalty initially, right? Yeah. I don't think so, he saw the shirt pull though. Well, okay, that's a good point. So so if that's the case, and if he's gone, okay, listen, if the if they've gone, listen, there was a shirt pull, like did, did you see that? And he's gone, oh, I didn't see the shirt pull, right? And then he's gone to the monitor. He then also has the advantage of it being in slow-mo. So given it's in slow-mo, he should then see the fact that he's already going down by the time the shirt is pulled. Because pulling a shirt isn't doesn't warrant a penalty, right? That happens so many times. So many times people are pulling shirts. And it goes to VAR. It goes to VAR. And VAR says, that's fine. Carry on. Enough, Carry on. Yeah. It's not enough. Right. So the fact that they're able to slow it down with the shirt pull for me should say that if they've slowed it down and showed the shirt pull, then they should have realized the shirt pull wasn't enough to cause the penalty, which is which is the only reason I, I think that that I'd love to know what it was that he allegedly did not see. If it if he basically says, I didn't think there was contact. And if they go, no, actually, there yeah. was some contact. Yeah. If that's the thing, then then fine. OK, fine. Maybe. Um but yeah, yeah no, that's that's, that's I, the problem, I, isn't it? You don't, we can't, we don't know the bloody. I think I agree. I agree with both. Oh, I think I agree with with Myers in the fact that I think if that had happened to Saka at the other end or Martinelli, I, I would almost say it's like smart play from Silva in in the sense that like a player sticks a leg out, you almost you know it's the modern football thing of you almost manufacture the contact, you go down, you will get a penalty for it. And I think in that sense, I would I would say that if the referee gave a penalty, yeah. For that, I could say, well, you know, yes, he's exaggerated, he's dived or whatever, but it's the game now where if you stick a leg out, you're asking for trouble. And then on top of that, he's obviously pulled a shirt, which I don't really understand why he's done it. Mm. And this is just Jacka being Jacka. Like, I know he had a good game, but like, what are you doing? Um, why are you pulling someone's shirt like that? Why are you sticking a leg out? Why are you, why are you pulling a pulling a shirt? Um, but then, yeah, Rod, you're, you're spot on. When the ref like emphatically doesn't give it, what has made VAR go and say, right, you need to go and have a look at this again. And then when he goes to the screen, it's almost a bit pointless because at that point, you know, he's going to give it. Um, and then I think what really annoys people is 
that decision in the context of having not done that in the first half, where the VAR has seen that and said, right, I'm not going to intervene in that because I don't think I need to because the referee's made his decision. Um, and I think that's what annoys people, which is, what is, why have you told the referee to go and have another look at the second one? And why didn't you do it for the first one? Mm. And what's the difference? And I think, like you said, Raj, it's this, this problem of no transparency is that we are left guessing why they've done this. And, you know, I, I just think that's, in this day and age, why are we having to guess why the referee's done that? And it's, it's, it's so stupid because you have pundits... It's only who, in this sport. It's only in football. It's only in this sport because in, in cricket, you can hear the umpires. In rugby, you can hear them talk. And fair enough, don't do it during the game, but at least come out afterwards and say, this is why I gave the penalty. This is why I didn't refer this to VAR. Sorry, this is why I didn't, VAR didn't tell the referee to go and have another look. And you know, explain yourself. And it was, it was ridiculous because, and again, on TV, you had Peter Walton somehow trying to justify why this was the case. And he just spoke nonsense for like five minutes and it doesn't help the game. It doesn't help referees. I have sympathy for referees because I think they have a hard job and they get a lot of abuse, but they just don't help themselves. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's non, it's, it's just really difficult to take because I think you almost feel like, okay, there's a lot of marginal calls in that game and almost every single marginal call went against us and that's how we lost the game. Yeah, and a skim forward, right? Because I think there's, there's still some really big things for us to reflect yeah. on. But yes, yeah, so that happens. They, they, they score, equalise, and then everyone suddenly, I think everyone in the stadium even was kind of like, oh, crap, it's Man City now. <laughs> They're going to go on and win the game, etc." Immediately afterwards, there's this crazy moment where, you know, the, the the ball kind of sort of comes over on the right hand side, but our left hand side watching, and um and whoever it is, is it Nathan Ake initially or someone heads it over the keeper. It looks like it's going in. Nathan Ake clears it off the line, and Mar- and, and, and Gabby misses. To be honest, a, a very very easy opportunity, which you know in the end has been analysed to say that oh maybe the referee put him off. I mean, what did you guys think of that? Was that was that a, a chance that had to be scored? Yeah, yeah, I I thought, yeah, I mean, there's no two ways about it. I thought, actually, Nathan Ake, I thought initially, I think it was between Saka and Nathan Ake, whatever happened there, I thought that was going in. I was convinced, and I thought Ake did really well. He's rapid, isn't out. he? He's rapid, yeah. yeah so. um, and then I was just like, oh, it's good. Like, if you, then you kind of, it comes out, and then you're like, who's this going to fall to? And then you're like, oh, this is perfect. It's fallen to Martinelli. And yeah, I think it hits the post or something like that, the outside of the post. Yeah. Which is um, absolutely gutting. And, um, Mize, I'm sure you're going to mention this, but there was obviously some stuff going on afterwards about the referee and his positioning for that chance. Did you see it? Uh, just before Martelli. No, yeah, where Martinelli took the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, the referee is. Um, he basically makes a striker's run into the box. Wait, but, <laughs> oh, we were saying this, didn't it? Why yeah. is he. Uh, what, when, when do referees get in the box? It, they don't need to because. It looks like he's going to see if the ball is crossing the line. But he's obviously got a watch on his hand that does that for him. Um, uh, and, yeah. like, look, it, and I think, again, this is one of those, like, marginal calls. It, I don't think it decides the game. But, you know, when the referee is having, a, in my opinion, a bad game, it just doesn't add to the narrative when he is, you know, effectively blocking off our striker. Having said that, I think Martinelli should bury that. No excuses. A horrible, horrible miss. Um, and it's effectively cost us the game. Um, but yeah, these little things, they don't help, do they? 
Yeah, I mean, look, not too much to add. To be honest, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great chance. Um, I was shocked that he missed it. You see, we saw the replays um, on the screen and just couldn't believe that um, he's just not hit it anywhere else. Pretty much, like he's missed it by quite a bit. Even though it hits the outside of the post, it's not. You know, he's just he's just missed. I don't know what's happened there. But um, do you think, why is it? So, sorry, Do you think yeah. it's like? Do Do you remember when we played Olympiacos in the Europa League and? I think it was it was when Arteta's first season. Um, yeah, do you remember that? Where basically they had just scored, hmm. they just scored, and everyone it, the head, heads you know heads are down immediately. They've just scored, and all of a sudden, Aubameyang gets this opportunity where he's in front of goal, and it's just it's it's it, whatever. Is there an element where do you think Marte was like, oh my god, what the hell? Like, Not really? I don't think so. I think I don't know. I I I don't, I don't think you can put it down to that because like this is elite level sport, right? Like. These guys are playing in the. It's an open goal. It's a tap in. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I'm not, yeah, well, it's a tap in. He's got to react relatively quickly in the sense that it's not one where you take a. Tr- where you, you, there's no reason for him to take a touch to set it. To set it, it's no. it's coming back to him where you can just pretty much side foot it back where it's come from, and um, and he scores more, more, more. You know, very likely that he scores. Um, so I think it's just a really, really bad miss on his part, um, and unfortunate, unfortunate, but. Like, you know, again, how, you can't really be too critical. Uh, you can't be critical, really, because, you know, he's just been so good recently. He's been so good for the last five or six games, whatever it's been. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's one of those misses. Strikers miss goals, forwards miss yeah. uh, chances, sorry. And it, it happens. Yeah, like even when Aubameyang was missing chances, we were, at least I was, defending him because, yeah, strikers do miss chances. And as long as they're putting away enough of those chances and not missing yeah, four or five every game, you you don't really, it's not really like a, a trend or it's an error, but it's not like an error where you, I think like an error, it's almost like you look at, you've, you know, if Granit Jacker makes an error, you say, oh, well, that's an error that's cost us a game. When a striker misses a chance, you kind of look at it a bit differently, I think. Yeah. I'm sure if he takes that, if that chance comes to him, comes to him sorry, a hundred times, he probably scores 90 plus of them. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, like it's just one of those, one of those misses. It's disappointing, right? And then that's, that then kicks off a, a sort of series of events, doesn't it? Because well, right before that happens, Gabriel has picked up his first yellow card, which at the time everyone was saying, oh, it's because he scuffed up the penalty spot. Could you, yeah, I was going to ask you this. Could you tell what he got booked for? No. So in the first, I, I had no idea. First. We had, we had no, we had no idea because yeah. I had no idea either. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think anyone, even BT, knew what this first booking was actually for. No, they claimed it was for scuffing up the penalty spot, but they never showed this. No, and it's um, not now, right? Because the, the, yeah. the referee's report it it, it 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 said it's not. It's for dissent. And actually, then when you look at the footage now, it looks like yeah, the referee never saw the the scuffing up of the penalty shot uh, spot. If it, it, it basically, it's like no one saw that. It kind of he kind of just did it, and no one even complained about it. And then the whole, you know, later after penalty was scored, there's that kind of walk back to the penalty, back to the centre circle. And it looks like in that exchange, something was said and immediately the ref has, has booked him. Um, but that that happens. Then obviously this, this miss that we've just discussed happens. Then Gabriel makes a challenge around the centre circle where Gabriel Jesus kind of makes a good turn and, and tries to zip past him and he gets body checked. Um I mean, did you guys think it was? It was. Uh, I mean, look. I think it was certainly a foul. Do you think it warranted a second yellow? I think. I think letter of the law 
like I've, i think if that's again like if you if you look at this where if it's or if you uh, hypothetically say it's the other way around and that's an arsenal player um in in if that's Saka, for example i expect the other player the city player to get a yellow i think the frustrating thing is two things i think one is with the the first yellow card look we have no idea what gabriel said to um to is it atwell Stuart atwell right yeah yeah um I, we have no idea. I mean, look, I don't think his English is great, to be honest. So I'm not sure, like, unless he's just been learning naughty words. But, like, <laughs> I, like I feel, I do feel like, though, the ref was... Stuart, the... Talk about Stuart Atwell, yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying... But I guess what I'm trying to say is, in like, we see it on TV, you hear it, right? Like, you can lip-read some of the stuff that, some of the abuse that players throw at refs. Like if you think about Rooney, if you think about probably what the stuff, the kind of stuff like John Terry is a typical example of the kind of things that they say to refs when they're like dispute decision or well, whatever in the heat of the game, I, I'd be so surprised. I like, I just can't really think what I, know what I would have said to yeah. make, to, to warrant a booking. And this because is what's ridiculous. Yeah, go on. Aaron. There was that clip. I don't know if you've seen on social media where there is a bit of a, like a, a crowd around the ref. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a City player basically bundles into yeah. Gabriel. I think it might have been Rodri, actually. And he then ends up kind of like almost shoulder barging the ref. Yeah. And then it was around that time where he got booked. So Just after, right? Yeah, it might. I, well, no. The, it's the not beyond the ref. And then it's on. Yeah, so I don't think it's... I don't yeah, think it's... I think the footage is very misleading, the way it's edited. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Okay. All right, fine. Um, but... Basically, my take on this is I don't think anything significant happened. Yeah. And it almost felt like he was just like, I'm like, he was like, well, I'm going to book someone. Yeah. Who should I book? Just, just to get, just, um, just to stop, like to, to just stop, to stop getting, being yeah, harassed. Exactly. Not harassed. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Go on, my. So then you were saying. No, like, um, yeah. So basically, I just, I just feel like this is, this, it was, it was a clear, it was a very, um, it, it's basically just demonstrates how out of control he was of the entire game, how, how out of yeah. control Atwell was. Um, and, I, I, so I think, you know, like I said, we don't know what he said. He could have said the most rudest, horrible thing to him, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and fair enough. Maybe it did warrant a yellow card. But like I said, it happens on a football pitch, right? Constantly, all through the game, every single game. So I feel like that's that's just, I think the ref could have managed that situation a bit better. And then from that point on, the second yellow, I, th- I, I, I do feel for Gabriel because Technically, it's a yellow card. Again, I feel like the ref could potentially manage it a little bit better where he knows everything that's that's just happened in that last mm. few minutes, right? It's just gone crazy. The stadium is about to erupt. Like, the v- you know, any time a decision goes to VAR and it gets overturned like that and, and it's for the away team, the home ground in a tight game like it was, mm. um, you know, the, 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 the fans of the stadium are, are on your back. Like, I think I'm not... This is the thing. It's a hard one because technically he's made the right decision, but I just think... He could have given him another warning, uh, a warning, yeah. um, and and said your next one, you're off, sort of thing. Which is what I think a good ref does, especially for how soft the first yellow card was. Yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean. Um, but look, it's fantastic from Gabriel. Uh, um, sorry, Gabriel Jesus. Um, not, not Gabriel. <laughs> I was going to say fantastic from Jesus. Um, you know, and I and I feel it's another frustrating one because I don't know if he really needs to take him out. Like it's one of those where. They've probably got like they've probably got their front three kind of running onto our back two, and Gabriel's out of position and high up the pitch, and he's out of the game if he lets him go. But at the same time, I think again, this is where you probably see as good as Gabriel has been, a little bit of inexperience. Um, where if you're on a yellow and the refs having the kind of game that he's having, where he's clearly, you know, it's one, you know, you just don't know what he's going to give at any time. You just you don't do what you did. You don't you don't yank him down. 
because you're you're just running the risk of get of, of getting sent off. So I think that on Gabriel's yeah. part, it's frustrate. It's it's probably a bit of frustration, and um, you know we've just conceded and everything, but it's also a bit of an experience as well. And, and like you've got to factor in, he's twenty two. Yeah, yeah, he's young, isn't he? And, yeah. it, it, you know, then again, the fans have then gone from being really pissed off after the penalty to to really really pissed off. Yeah. To to then to then to about two minutes afterwards, do you remember Saka Saka got fouled and then or someone got fouled and then Saka got a yellow card for complaining about it? Mm. Yeah, and then at that point, it's like, well, the referee is on one, right? The referee is clearly doubling down and gone. Well, the only way I'm going to get myself through this game is to kind of just basically dish out the cards and then hope yeah, that I everyone think, stops complaining. Yeah, I think everyone at that point of that red card was just emotional and had a rush of blood to the head. Like Gabriel had it, where he was like. Well, he shouldn't. When you're on yellow card, whatever you get booked for, you you have to be careful. You can't do what he did. So, like you said, Myers, by the letter of the law, it you can't argue with the yellow card. But at the same time, I think a good referee just says, "Like, okay, no more. Calm down. Um, I'm letting this one slide, and I'm not going to you know, produce a second yellow card for essentially the player's first foul of the game and send you off." Like almost use a bit of common sense and manage the game a bit better because once he'd done that he was he was like emotional and he was just booking everyone left right and center um for about five or six minutes and he you know i think an experienced referee manages that whole situation better manages the the game better and i think that's where you you know if you look at that yellow card in isolation you say the referee got it right you can't argue what are you arguing about but actually was the referee making an emotional decision? I think he probably was. Um, and that, again, it's these marginal calls. Could he have just said, you know, last one, kept 11 v 11, and then what, the, what would the result have been? Um, especially when, I think that was my biggest frustration with the ref. Uh, not these penalty shouts. It was much more around, okay, well, in those five minutes where you booked Gabriel, sent him off again, and then booked Saka and then I think he booked someone else holding, holding as well yeah. yeah in a space of like seven or eight minutes you've obviously lost control of the game at that point and the fact that Rodri who you know took out Martinelli at one point albeit he did slip didn't get a yellow card for that um it it yeah it's it's very very frustrating how that whole period panned out yeah and then we had this period of 10 men um which showed which we showed some great resilience for it, it wasn't like we were I'm fine we had to concede a lot of possession but it wasn't like like you mentioned Miser earlier Ramsdale wasn't getting peppered um and you know we all we all crossed our fingers and we really really hoped that we could get a draw and it looked like it was going to happen and then as a lot of great teams do like you need a bit of luck or whatever but they kind of got a bit of luck with how the ball rebounded in the area and and Rodri scores and then runs over to you know our fans in the clock end um which was a bit of a weird thing to do but considering you're at the same end as your mm. FOA fans you could have very easily ran to the man city fans it, but i it's a bit of a dickish thing to do really wasn't it yeah it was and and, and and look do you know what i don't condone the fact that our fans were throwing stuff at you know players or whatever I, i'm not condoning that but you go any any stadium in the, any stadium in the country if you are an away player who scores a winner in the you know injury time and then runs straight at the home fans it doesn't matter what club 
it is you're gonna get some people pelting stuff you know it's not i don't condone it but it was a really stupid thing i think for for rodri to do but it was obviously look overall just you know really sad moment for everyone in the stadium and i guess it, you know everyone watching at home right yeah the funny part is uh that's the family enclosure yeah. <laughs> where, where, where the junior gunners sit and like with gunnosaurus is probably chilling <laughs> but um yeah, it's just that that adds insult to injury and the fact that like we could have just held on, got a point, and then the narrative around the game would have been very different, I think. Um, and that's what hurts most is that we even when we went down ten men, we didn't play that badly, but we still managed to lose uh, to just uh, you know I think was it De Bruyne who played the ball in maybe, yeah. um, and it, yeah maybe holding probably could have dealt with it better, but it was the first you know, minor error that our defenders have made all game and it just lands and it's a 96 minute and he puts it in and yeah, what it's just really, really annoying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we could, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's a weird way for city to score a winner, isn't it? Like to chuck a ball in the box. Um, I, I guess if you if you really look at it, you can't, there are areas and things that we could, you could look, you could look back in hindsight and say, some of the players should have done differently. Like there's no pressure on the ball um, when De Bruyne has got it. Like he's got all the time in the world to sort of look up, dink a little ball over. Um, Rob Holding seems to track, I think it's Rodri who makes the run um, and he's able to run straight onto Rob Holding. So like there's no, I don't know where Thomas Party is, but I'm sort of looking at him and, and Jack are thinking, you know, he, there, should be a, there should be a midfielder in front of Rodri tracking that run first, but he seems to run behind Rob Holding and Holding seems to be just, ever so slightly late tracking the run. But I think he wins the header. I think he wins the header. I could be wrong. And then it kind of, you know, whatever, it comes down, they have the shot. Ben White does really well to block it. Yeah, she does really, really well. It's actually a really mm. good block and it just falls for them. And just one of those, you know, they they, they kind of got the break at that point. Um, but yeah, it was... I don't know if you saw... Yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, quickly. I don't know if you saw on that point, Fabregas, uh, he actually tweeted, he said, when, when De Bruyne has the ball, you have to just yeah, back yeah. off. Um, oh, back off, okay. Because, no, back off as in... Because back off, the, the, the defenders okay, back not, off yeah, yeah. the target men. Yeah. Um, because he can, I think he said, like City will always run in behind you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think in an ideal world, our defenders should know that, even if it's the ninety third, they're knackered. Yeah, ninety third, fourth minute. It's but you, yeah. if you're being harsh, you say you have to keep your concentration and at least in that situation, mm. make sure we leave there with the point. Mm. I think what was really, for me, encouraging about how the players managed that period when we had 10 men, I, I thought that there were some very clever decisions from the players where they could have got quite emotional and they could have tried at some times to close down players that like they were doing when they had 11 men but doing that against a team like City when you have 10 creates so many so many spaces like City want you in those since in those instances they want you to be aggressively closing down and creating all these kind of cults awesome. and it felt like yeah and it felt like you know our guys were really kind of focused going do you know what we can't and, and that's a testament i think to how well coached we are these days you know it feels like it, or maybe it's a profile of the squad as well but it's just it's obviously sad but my, you know, let's reflect on the final whistle because it was probably the most confusing set of emotions yeah. i think in that stadium like i've not i've never ever experienced anything like that where it was it was such a confusing set of emotions that every single person in every home fan in that stadium felt the same set of of, of confusing emotions <laughs> yeah. and all wanted to articulate them 
And right. it all came out in this really amazing. It's like a little. It was like it was like a it was like a masterpiece in some ways, right? It was like a, a story. <laughs> we started off with the boo. Everyone was like booing the refs. Everyone was like totally. But everyone knew that at some point we have to transition this song to supporting the players for this amazing effort. And it was just interesting song in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think um, like combination of everything that happened through that game, which was, it was a crazy game. And I think the, the the referee's performance, like the fans just united against the referee, first of all. And that seemed to be the kind of thing that they really wanted to get out. You know, the fans really wanted to just sort of let loose on the ref and that- I mean, bloody hell, a couple of a couple of people tried to run on the pitch, didn't they? Yeah, it was like <laughs> really? a city fan. It was really weird, wasn't it? Because it was like a city fan who clearly was, he, he had a city shirt on, but he had like a jacket or a hoodie, whatever. So, he, and he was in the Arsenal end. So he clearly must have been covered up. As it's it not went. hard to get a city um, away ticket, is it? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's run onto the pitch from the North Bank. And then we see him like getting escorted out. And then someone else, I think it was an Arsenal fan. Um, both Asians as well, I think. So it's not really good <laughs> it's too much. But yeah, man, like it was really, it was, it was really, like you said, it was really strange, Raj, like that, that, that final whistle, because it was all towards the ref. And then everyone kind of realized, like, the play, you look, then you looked at the players on the pitch, and they're so, you know, even some of the city players were kind of just, they fell to the floor. It was just one of those games where it probably took everything out of them. And you could see, like, the Arsenal players were distraught and probably couldn't believe that they've, they've not come away with anything from that game. Um, and then you sort of, as I think Arsenal fans do do at home games, you know, they did try to get, try to get the, get behind the players to show look we appreciate the effort that you guys have put in and i can't remember what the song was was it was it what was the song that everyone was it uh the just the arsenal arsenal song or was no it? i mean when i when i was afraid to song i was just purely like kind of the the symphony of sound of boo to the you know oh, cheers okay, it was just, yeah, you know okay. that's all i meant it was just you know, yeah like, but it was is... weird because it went from one thing to the next and it was yeah. like yeah 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 it was uh it was just a mixture of emotions but yeah overall just yeah as everyone felt like just absolutely gutted that we weren't able to just snatch like I was in, like I was convinced that we were going to get a draw. Like you get to that point, and I didn't see City scoring because they just were not creating the chances. So it was even, it was very, very, very they hard. Had, to yeah, do. they had two shots on target: the penalty and the the goal. Oh wow, there you go. I didn't even That's mental. And I, and I think even at the end, like bef- like probably around the eighty fifth, ninetieth minute, I remember we were attacking them. Like I remember Saka had a corner, and I remember Saka was coming. Like you know, um, so. Uh, was it Saka? I can't remember. Maybe it wasn't Saka, but there was, you know, I think there was, there were, there were periods of the, that point of the, after we went down to 10 men, sorry, there were periods where um, we weren't just sitting back um, uh, on them and we were still willing to give it a go. So, yeah. It's disappointing. Look, and, and I think we've, you know, we've been talking for a while already, but before we do finish, I do really want to, I do really want to hear from you guys about what your overarching feelings were coming out of that because when we went to the pub afterwards, Mike, actually we should mention it was quite a funny journey to the pub because we were we we walked down, we drank somewhere <laughs> where we don't we eat my stones what I'm gonna say. We 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 drank at a pub that we don't normally drink at. Um it's a place called the Hamilton, uh, which is near near Arsenal, near Hybrid Instinct Station. And we're on our way there and basically loads of city fans were also walking along the road like with us and they're making a lot of sound like so you know lots of city fans lots of city fans singing and i'm you know we, we are about to cross the road and so there are some city fans who are then walking kind of behind us you know not crossing the road but anyway many of you won't know this but like i my arsenal shirt's got north bank on the back and uh it's quite funny because like Suddenly, I felt one city fan just rub my head, and then, and then, and then, and then another city fan just go, "Yeah, fuck the North Bank." 
that's like that's like the funniest bit of abuse I've ever had. That was, was I was laughing for a while about at that, that point. You kicked off and started a fight. To be honest, I thought to I was like out into the Emirates again. That was probably the first time I laughed after the final whistle. Like uh, you know, it's okay. like it was always a. But anyway, like, the point what I was getting to is when we ended up getting to the pub with the other Arsenal fans that we were talking to, it was just such a weird feeling because we were all so proud and we were, we had so much, we were only really talking about, well, we were talking about things that went against us, but otherwise we were just so positive around what we've seen. I thought it was amazing to be so positive after a defeat, but there really were these incredible things to be positive about. Um, and, and if there was one thing that you guys could pick, I mean, you know, what, what would you pick as the main positive coming out of that? So for me, clearly it was actually how good the football was in that I've said this a few times uh, where I've said, actually, I think we'll win loads of games, but we will not play well and we won't like batter a team. Um, actually, what we did, what we did on, on Saturday was we, we battered a team, but we lost the game, which was <laughs> a new one. But I, I just thought there were, there were moments there in terms of just how, how good it looked. And I know, Raj, you say that uh, we played like City do, but I thought actually City probably don't always play the best football. It's very like effective, but this football was, you know, it it was almost like Arsene Wenger team level levels of dom- dominance at that point where the just defenders couldn't handle it, and that for me was a real indication of the progress that we're making. Yeah, what about you, Mice? Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. Obviously, um, I guess, I guess you you can't help but be proud of the fact that it's such a young team, and we keep saying it, right? Like, it's just such a young team. Um, but you know, they they the, these players were able to, or, or they they kind of came to the game with a mental mindset that we're gonna we're gonna take the game, City. You know, we're gonna we're gonna give it to them. We're gonna show them what we're about. Um, and we're going to see what happens. And I think that's the thing that I'm most proud of because there's been so many, like we all know it, right? There's been so many of these big games, maybe not so much the home games, but, you know, we've faced City, um, Liverpool, Chelsea, United in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a few games um, in the last few years and just kind of rolled over for them. Um, and we've said it so many times when we've watched them and we just be like, they're not up for it. These players are not up for it. They're not they're not they're like they're not bothered they're not up for it they're not like there's no courage they're not you know then oh, every, so many things are wrong and didn't see any obviously didn't see any of that um yesterday and i think that's probably the thing that i'm most proud of like you know it, it, it's almost like another it's another stepping stone on the learning on the journey you know it's another stepping stone on the journey so you know the result is the result and that's frustrating and that's really disappointing and it's and it's and it's difficult to stomach and it's a difficult one to take but when you kind of step away from the result and you look at the journey and you look at um, kind of what this team are showing they can do um, game on game, month on month. It's incredibly, incredibly exciting. And, um, you know, like, yeah, like um, I know I wasn't on the last episode when you guys recorded and you were talking about kind of like, you know, season so far and everything, you're reflecting on on how we're doing and, and, and all of that. But, you, you know, I think, I think if you're a, if you're a genuine Arsenal fan, you can't be anything but excited by everything that's going on. There's still lots of things to fix and lots of things that will probably kind of uh, change, um, as it were, over the next, you know, as part of this project. But um, you know, if you if you just look at the last the progress in the last few months alone, like it's it's huge, it's massive, and um, 
you know, really, really excited to see what happens for the rest of the season. Because if we can put a performance in like that against City with Spurs in a couple of weeks and the other big games that are going to be coming up, you know, why not? Why can't, you know, there's nothing to suggest that they can't go and dominate um, in uh, against other teams in the league, obviously, because we've just done it pretty much against the best. So, yeah, I think something you said there at the end of my is progress, because I think two, maybe even three months, maybe even six weeks ago, you, there were debates in the Arsenal fan community about if this team have actually progressed under Arteta. I don't think anyone can look at that performance yesterday and say that we haven't made progress since two years ago when he took over. Mm. I don't think an Emery team does that. I don't think a, an even a late Arsene Wenger team can pull off, you know, to build a young team, play good football and dominate a team, albeit not come away with any any points, which is the frustrating part. And there, you know, there has been significant progress made in the last month. And it's really good to see it come together. And I'm more hopeful now than ever that if we do maintain this level of football, we can progress as a team up the table and certainly give you know, I think we, you know, we, so far the discussion has been about, okay, well, can we compete to get fourth? But I think yesterday we saw, actually, there are there is a chance now that we can compete at a level that's higher than top four, which is like, this is the best team in the country, and we gave them a game. Now, we've shown that actually the ceiling isn't just fourth with this team. The ceiling is actually a lot higher. Um, now, there's a question of, can we maintain that? Can we do it against the Norwiches? Which, we, let's be honest, we beat Norwich 5-0. Can we do it every week? Can we do it against Spurs in a couple of weeks' time? Can we do it against Liverpool? Um, but we've, you know, we've got a glimpse into the future. I felt like, and it's left us all feeling very excited. Definitely, I think for me, my the biggest thing that I came away with that I was happy about is effectively a conclusion of all the things that you guys have said. And it, just to give an anecdote. I think there was a time before we were we were about to record at some point last season and there was Champions League football going on on TV. And I think it was like Real Madrid and Bayern Munich or someone like basically two very big teams. And I remember, I can't remember who it was, but someone commented about just the sheer pace the game was being played at. Do you remember this? I think it was a semi-final or something like that. Yeah. Um, Maybe Man City against someone else? Man City, I don't know. Maybe. And it was just this thing where you watched and you just thought, there's just incredibly high quality football going on at an incredibly high pace. And then when we were reflecting on Arsenal, I think at that time, it was like, we're, we're nowhere near this because even if there are aspects to our game, which technically, uh, you know, we can be happy about, there's no, the, the pace at which this is getting played at is just incredible. And that's what I saw against City. I saw, I yeah. saw a yeah. team playing incredibly high technical levels of football at an incredibly high pace. And for me, then it was like, wow, this is not even about potential anymore. Yes, this team has potential, but where this team is now is actually really good. And if we, for example, were playing Champions League football right now, I think we'd get in the knockout stages at, at, at least. This team is good enough to, to get in the knockout. So, you know, that for me was that. It was about seeing just a team that I can see now. I can see this team can compete at that level. Um, so, look, that, that felt great. And um, look... I mean, look, so obviously we, we, we've talked a lot about this game, a game that we've lost, but a game that we can be incredibly proud of, about. Uh, it's just the start of a new year. I think everyone, all Arsenal fans, despite the result, despite the fact that Spurs won and despite the fact that West Ham won, I think it was a day where, although we have regrets, I think we feel uh, incredibly positive about the team and the direction and, and, um, and 
speaking about that direction, the next direction we're going in is is back at the Emirates against Liverpool on Thursday. Uh, you know, the opposition doesn't get any easier. In in real terms, it probably does because it's the Carling Cup. I always call it the Carling Cup. I'm still, you know what? I'm still going to call it the Carling Cup because poor poor Carabao. So poor Carabao. Paid, paid all that money. Let's go. All right. All right. <laughs> just be, okay. You know, just don't make me feel bad. Okay, Carabao Cup. <laughs> the Carabao Cup semi final on Thursday. Very quickly, guys. Um, let's do a very very quick some very quick thoughts on that. So it's a Carabao Cup. It's a semi final. Uh, we are probably in a situation where um, I, th- I think we've got, when's our next Premier League game after that? Our pre- next Spurs. Premier League game is actually Spurs away. In- the following week though, right? Two weeks. So we've got yeah. Forest at the weekend. Yeah. 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 So it's an interesting situation because whereas many teams may want to rest players for the, for the Carabao Cup, you know, I'm not necessarily sure we will. Um, but it was interesting to see what, what Liverpool do, especially because, you know, they still have, um, they still have a number of players out with COVID. Uh, I mean, how, how, how do you see that going, guys? Liverpool obviously just drew 2 2 with Chelsea today. Um, we're still a, somewhat a depleted side. Well, you know, they still had obviously ridiculous amounts of quality. But what do you think? Any predictions about the sorts of lineups that we'll see from both teams and how do you think it will go? Uh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, look, I think from an Arsenal perspective, I think it's a good opportunity for Arteta with the next three games. Um, to, to to essentially mix it up a little bit. I think um, there's, it, you know, like I really, really want to get to Wembley again. Like the fact that we missed that cup final because of COVID, the the, the Bamiyang final. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we, we've been quite lucky as Arsenal fans. We've been able to go to Wembley quite a lot in the last few years, even when we've not been particularly great. Uh, but even so, like a Wembley trip is a Wembley trip. And um, I really, really, really want to get to Wembley Um uh, again. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, we don't switch up the entire team and I kind of don't feel like we necessarily need to do that. It comes back to what I was just saying. Basically, I feel like it's a good opportunity to mix things up Forest at the weekend, then Liverpool again. Um, and I, I, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a mix of, you know, players like Tavares and holding, obviously Leno's going to start probably Lekonga. I think he will. I, yeah, I don't think he, I think he, might go Ramsdale on this one. I think because you think he'll... Yeah, go on, sorry, mate. Uh, sorry, Aaron, are you saying that because we've got FA Cup on Saturday and yeah, then I think Leno, etc. play? This is almost a bit more... Like it, it depends on how ruthless Arteta wants to be, but and like maybe he's promised Leno yeah. game. And I wouldn't be too upset if Leno does play because I, I really like Leno. But there's an opportunity to play Leno on, on Saturday or Sunday when we, whenever we play Forest. Um, and actually, this game against Liverpool is potentially more more important now. Um, so maybe you say actually this becomes a first team game because it's a a semi final now, and you play the let's say the B team, <laughs> the the more experienced players on 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 Saturday. I think yeah. I mean, look, we had that game called off last week, right, against Wolves. So I guess they've had a bit more of a break. Um, or less games, therefore less fatigue than what they would have expected. But I still think, especially with kind of the unpredictability of of, of COVID as well, and, you know, it could all of a sudden be a couple of players out for Spurs or whatever, and we just don't know what's going to happen, what's around the corner. Um, but yeah, I guess a fair point. I kind of think he's he's kind of promised Leno to be the cup keeper, considering, he, you, Maybe. Know, you know, yeah. he you know, was our number one for the last few years and kind of all of a sudden... Um, 
now 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 the number two um i feel like it's almost like he might feel like he just owes leno not owes leno that but you know it's like a, it's a fair thing like make him the cupkeeper mm-hmm. um and it's not really too much of a downgrade it's not it's not a huge downgrade in quality is it we know what ramsdale's yeah. number one but leno has still been, been very very good um but yeah look i mean it's yeah it will be quite an interesting team lineup i'm more interested i'm not more i'm very interested to see how liverpool line up because clearly Klopp doesn't uh is not prioritizing the league cup um the Salamane will be at AFCON yeah, as well. Salamane, Keita, um, all of these players out with COVID today. So I don't know if that's still going to be the case on Klopp, Thursday. It's, Klopp's got COVID Klopp. as well, right? Mm. So he might not turn yeah. up. Yeah. Is Arteta so, going to be back? I think so. Seven days. Seven days now, isn't it? Don't, I, yeah. I mean, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I just, I just hope like, you know, it's the home, it's the home leg, the home tie. Um, so I really hope we kind of do carry on from what we were doing at City and we just take the game to Liverpool, no fear, try and get some goals, make it an entertaining game. Um, it's not the worst thing if we go out of this competition at semi-final stage to obviously, you know, a big team. But like I said, from a fan's perspective, um, I really, really want to go to Wembley again. Um, so yeah yeah I'm, I'm kind of i'm hopeful i think we'll get i think we'll get a positive result but like i don't even know now do away goals count and all of this kind of thing i'm not even sure like the rules of the competition it's true i don't know <laughs> yeah. so i don't know how it works but like i hope we get a positive result and it's like it's one of these games where you know they, they've kept the prices low for um for, for for our game for the home game for the home tie um you know people are going to be you know, kids are going to be coming to this game for paying 10 quid and you kind of hope that he, for, just from that you know it's nice it would be nice to to, to 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 obviously win the game and and put in a put in a good performance and score some goals. So um, don't really know, but you can't really, I can't really predict it to be honest because you just don't even know what the team lines, team lineups are going to be like. Um, but yeah, it's kind of my thoughts. I think the other thing is I yeah, less it will be good to go to Wembley, but also I think for this team, it would be really I think winning a trophy in when the finals in February, right? Winning a trophy in February. Mm could be really important for this team. I know we won the FA Cup in uh, Arteta's first season, but this that, we've had a bit of a reset since then. And actually, if you look at it, like we're not going to win the Premier League this season. We're not in Europe. The FA Cup is still a bit of a lottery. So this is only one of two trophies that we can win this season. Um, and to to win it would almost kickstart this era. And I think, I'm not sure if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the League Cup Pep's first trophy as well? I think it was, it was um, Jose Mourinho's he, first trophy, I think, for Chelsea. Might probably was because they just they've won it like every year for the like, yeah, every year, like so. exactly. And I I feel like it would be like a like a really significant stepping stone for this team to say to win a trophy together. Mm. Um if we do, and I know that's a that's a big if because we'll probably have to face either Chelsea well, we'll face either Chelsea or Spurs in the in the final. Um but if we could, I think you know, these these players like the Ben Whites, the Ramsdales, the Tierneys, or Tierneys won the cup, but like Martinelli, Saka, uh, you know, Tommy Asu could actually say like, well, I've joined this project and within six months I've got a trophy. Mm. Um, you know, there are many, many players, you know, England captains who, who don't win trophies. So, um, <laughs> you know, to, 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 to be a second. To come, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, nice. come up and say like, I've been in the Premier League for six months. I've bought into this project that this manager said that we're going to build this team to go on and win big things. Um, the belief that a trophy will give this team, I think will be huge compared to like, uh, if a Chelsea winner, I don't think it makes a big difference to Chelsea. If Liverpool win it, I don't think it changes much for Liverpool. Um, Obviously, Spurs, if they win it, it'll be, you know, the, the, 
you know, plaster all over the stadium. I don't think we'll go that far. But um, for us, I think this would be a huge, in terms of the project and the significance of this, it could be really big for us. Mm. Yeah. Completely agree with you. I think that's a really good insight. Yeah, I didn't, yes, winning it in February and that kind of momentum would be amazing. Um, it, it, it's also, you know, what I think is going to be really, really interesting now is after the Chelsea-Liverpool draw, I wonder what both Chelsea and Liverpool are thinking about their prospects about winning the Premier League. And do you know what I mean? And I wonder if they now start thinking, okay, do you know what? We need to start prioritising kind of the Champions League or whatever. And, and, uh, and it'll be really interesting to see like how they start approaching cup competitions, how that impacts kind of rotation and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think for us, like whatever the case is, is, if we if we can if we do win that like you say Aaron and I think it creates that kind of winning mentality it, it, it creates that and we've still got that ability to play our best team week in week out week in week out um and there's no reason to think that you know we can't you know imagine at the end of this season if we end up with fourth place in a cup I mean that would be just a phenomenal year wouldn't it and there's yeah. no reason why we can't do that yeah. dare I say fifth place in a cup that isn't the worst outcome, no. in my opinion. No, it's not. I, I, yeah, like, I, I think, I think it's, it's, it, you know what, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's like, I think the, the fan base at the moment, we believe in this team so much, I feel like we'd be disappointed if we weren't fourth this season now yeah. because of, yeah, yeah. you know, like the, the possibilities. But yeah, anyway. Um, all right, should we leave it there, chaps? Because you know we, yeah. we, we've uh, we've we've got a pretty long episode today. Uh, so look, if you have still stayed with us, then we really really appreciate it, and we'll try and make the the next one not so long. But there was just there was just so much to talk about. So uh, cool. All right, my Aaron, and thank you very much for for your contributions as always. They were pretty good, I have to say. Um, Cheers, and bro. thank you. Cheers. <laughs> and thanks, <laughs> thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, take care of yourselves. Happy New Year. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye.